0: Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. Grateful to be here with you. Go ahead and sit down. So thankful to be here with you, man. I told Pastor Jeff, bro, I thought you loved me, man. You put me up here on the last night, right before everybody's about to go eat. And then before I come out here, you're talking about the greatest place to exist on planet Earth, waterburger. Now, why would you do that? I thought that you loved me. Um, but. Grateful to be here with you all, I just, I love this church, I admire this church, you probably don't even realize it, but you've just had a beige little nephew tucked away in Austin, just, I'm biracial guys, it's a joke, you can laugh. Just loving what you do, and I've been watching online these last few nights, been phenomenal, Um, just such an encouragement to me. We're in a very interesting season, planting a brand new church in Austin, Texas, in North Austin. And uh, being here tonight is fuel for my faith. And I know that, yep, I know that that doesn't come without a lot of sacrifice on your behalf, um, a lot of digging deeper, going further, and I'm, I'm so grateful for that. But what starts it all is great leadership. And I'm thankful for Pastor Jeff and Brandy. You two are amazing. I'm so grateful for you. You have shown me kindness I didn't earn or deserve. And um, I'm, just, I'm just really, really thankful. I stopped by here maybe seven years ago and led worship and sat at the table with your pastor. And he told me two things that changed my life. You need a pastor and you need spiritual family. I had grown up, had a pastor, of course, my father-in-law is a pastor, which has pros and cons. (laughs) But through that relationship, I got connected to Um, other amazing individuals and we would not be able to step into this moment of our calling and destiny without that providential moment so thank you so much I am grateful for you from the bottom of my heart I brought my girl with me Lorna Wells is in the room looking all fine love her so much that one of those prayer requests it was so sincere, praying for the parents who were fighting and since I have four little boys I wanted to check the name on that I wanted to check the name and sometimes you gotta tell them you're fighting because you don't want to let them know you're getting along Pastor Jeff said be at home, so I'm at home, I'm at home, I'm at home. Um, To all of you tuning in from all of the different campuses and different places uh, connected to this house, incredible online welcome, Uh, just so grateful to be here. I'm going to preach tonight, so I didn't come to do like karaoke or high school musical I came to preach, and uh, I'm excited about the word that I have for you. I feel like I've been sent on assignment from heaven to preach to this church. Can you receive it? Can you receive it? (laughs) Ephesians 2, verse 19. I know you're hungry and you're tired, so you can stay seated. You didn't need permission. So, you are not foreigners or guests, but rather you are children of the city of the Holy Ones. With all the rights as family members of the household of God, you are rising like perfectly fitted stones of the temple, and your lives have been built up together Upon the foundation laid by the apostles and prophets, and the best of all, you are connected. Everybody say connected Connected. to the head cornerstone of the building, the anointed one, Jesus Christ Himself. Connected to Jesus. This entire building is under construction and is continually growing under his supervision until it rises completed as the holy temple of the Lord himself. So God would no longer exist in brick and mortar, but in flesh and bone, and it would be you and I. This means that God is transforming each one of you into the holy of holies isn't that beautiful his dwelling place through the power of the holy spirit living in you tonight for this last night of prepare i'm going to preach to you i still love the church i still love the church would you pray with me one more time Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity to be together with your people to open your word. I pray that there would be a divine download, a transfer of the supernatural love that you have for the house that you are building, that it would come through me, that it would come to people, and that it would build your kingdom. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. And the church said, A to the men. Amen. So um, I started going to church. It was pretty unexpected, honestly. Uh, my dad, I thought, ruined my weekend. He came home on a Saturday. He was like, hey, little bruh, we going to church tomorrow. I said, Dad, like me and you are going to church? He said, yeah, we, we we going to church tomorrow. And through my little nine year old mind, I was thinking, we don't go to church. People like us don't go to church. Families like ours don't go to church. See, I came from from a broken home from one of those families that had just a little bit too much energy in it. There was a lot of loud in my house. There was a lot of dysfunction in my house. Now, I just thought all of the twirling lights and the loud noise was just a party, but it was actually the police pulling up at the crib. So, it was just a wild time, a crazy experience to, to, to grow up in, and I I thought you do not understand. We do not go to church. I didn't say any of that cuz I would have gotten smacked in the back of the head. I'm like, "Dad, bro, I can't I can't go to I can't go to church, bro. I got to play street hockey with my friends." I mean, guys, this was 1996. It was like Mighty Ducks season, okay? It was goofy movie soundtrack. It was Tevin Campbell. You feel me? It was I'm going to go play some street hockey with my friends. I'm going to put on this little glove cuz I want to be Michael Jackson and a hockey star. It made no sense. Got plans, bro. He said, "Well, I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you a new look. I'm going to go get you a new suit." I said, "Dad, why didn't you start with that?" Cuz I love I love it. I love an outfit. Guy's confession. I don't just put on clothes, I put on outfits, (laughs) you feel me? (laughs) This was intentional. This was a choice. I said, I'm going to preach in the Fort Worth area, I got to put on some cowboy boots, man, where my Takovas at, where them black cherries at, you feel? As soon as I got out the car, security guard said, man, those boots are beautiful. I said, I know. (laughs) No, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. I said, thank you, sir. I said, thank you, sir. You're large. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You want them? You just, foot's bigger, but. So we went to JCPenney, man. This was before the rebrand. Remember when they got confused and they thought they were Apple for five minutes? This was before that. This was when everything was brown. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You go in there, the, everything's brown, the tile's brown, the carpet's brown, the brick is brown. But I found an olive green suit. Ooh, that boy was clean. <laughs> Thing was clean. Walked away with two little outfits that day. Found a navy blue blazer with the gold button. Put on my khaki pants. We went down to Rice's Shoes in Battle Creek, Michigan. I got some suede little loafers with the rust rubber bottom. I walked into church like this. <laughs> Boy, it was gliding in there. It's phenomenal. We went to this little Pentecostal church and tucked ourselves into the second to the last row. And I can tell you, I experienced something on that day that I had never experienced for. I showed up to a place where I felt like someone had been waiting for me. And in a moment of instability and uncertainty in my life, my dad trying to put his faith life together, we stepped into a journey that I could not even realize the significance of the moment that I was in. There was a, salt and peppered hair preacher standing behind the pulpit. He was preaching. He was on fire. I don't remember what he was preaching, but he was mad about it. <laughs> you gonna get this word. I was like, wow. You know, nobody can look meaner than a Christian. <laughs> it's, just, it's a spiritual gift. Mean. <laughs> like what? Joy is supposed to be a fruit of the Spirit, not seriousness. It was an amazing moment. That summer I went to church camp for the first time. Now y'all, y'all got bougie church camps. <laughs> yeah, I know. I sent my son to one. I, I felt like He was going to send home a report, and it would be like, yeah, well, we did go-karts right after the zip line, after we were in the spa. I'm like, all these girls have, like, Lisa Bevere there teaching them a, a little girl's Bible study. You've got your journals, and they're taking pictures of Frappuccinos and Jesus. It's like, what did we send our kids to? This is not camp. This is spa and resort. My camp, you had three options, basketball, anointing oil, and sweat. That was it. We weren't allowed to wear shorts outside. It was not modest, and it was so hot. Modest is hottest. I've I've lived it. I've lived that life, still recovering from it, if I'm being honest. But something unmistakable happened in my life. I responded to an altar call and I gave my life to Jesus. He filled me with the Holy Spirit and it changed my life forever. That same year at camp, I got my first choir solo. You think the supposedly fully grown version of Torn can sing high? That little nine-year-old, little beige little boy was singing straight soprano. It was loud, it was high, and I was happy to be there. Singing my little heart out. I wish somebody's soul would catch on fire, catch on fire, catch on fire Oh, somebody. I had to do the growl, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Had to show him that growl, boy, that's when I knew I had arrived. But it was the first time in my life that I felt my soul aligned with a gift in service of the giver for the ministry of the church. It was the first time in my life I felt my soul aligned with the giver in service, or excuse me, aligned with the gift in service of the giver for the ministry of the church. That was 27 years ago. And I haven't looked back. 20s, imperfect, broken, being redeemed, but I haven't looked back. There is something about the church. I can tell you 27 years later, I still love the church. That doesn't mean that I have not experienced the shadow side of church oh yeah, I've been hurt, oh yeah, I've been wounded, oh yeah, I've been criticized, I've been marginalized, been, been pushed out to the fringes, I put out a music video when I was back in my band, I had my red pants on and I was doing my little dances and got canceled from some youth events because you're not supposed to move anything except maybe like this. It's the only thing acceptable. Isn't it funny we want every other creative gift to be good except for the dancers? Like we want the cameras to be good and the guitar player to be good and the drummer to be good and the singer to be good, but you can only dance if you can't. (laughs) We like that, that that was great. But don't act like you know what you're doing. (laughs) That's the problem. So I've been pushed out. My wife and I here, we're about to celebrate 13 years of marriage on January 21st. (laughs) She deserves a trophy. But when we first got engaged, this was the best time of our lives. We were so excited about this season of life. We started sending out our wedding invitations to people in the church that we worked at. And they started sending the invitations back to the church. Talked to our pastor about it. And the reason that it was happening was because they wanted to show that they disagreed with interracial relationships. So they would not support our marriage. And a hundred people left that church after we got married. I say that to say, I know the shadow side of church. I know that this thing is imperfect, that it's in progress, that it's being built, that it's under construction. I should not be surprised when I walk onto the job site and get cut by something with a jagged edge knowing that this is being constructed by broken people And so what I had to do is realize that I cannot judge the majority who are trying to do it right by the minority who got it wrong. Yes, I've experienced the shadow side. I've had friends walk away from church. I've had people who have disagreed with this. I've seen headlines that have broken my heart. I've been bruised by believers. I've been shocked by the politics that surround and then infiltrate the church. I've been stunned by the reactions and the mindsets and the missteps of people who claim to carry the cross of Jesus. I don't understand how people have the strength or stamina to carry the cross of Jesus while hurling stones of judgment at their brothers and sisters who are doing it a little bit differently than them, but I can tell you today with confidence that I still love the church. I still love the church because the church has outlived empires and philosophical systems and persecution and even sabotages within it. From its inception on the day of Pentecost to today it has been carried along by the wind of the Holy Spirit to bring forth the mandate to preach Jesus crucified, resurrected, and redeemer of all. Is anybody excited about the church? I still love the church. The church is not dead. The church is not astrophysical atrophy the church is not just tied up in political disdain the church is not irrelevant I can look around this building and I've got evidence online that the church is alive that the church is real that the church is present that the church is powerful that the church is pure that the church is the thing that God designs and I have chosen bruises wounds and all that I Still love it. Yeah, your beige nephew's passionate. Y'all are going to have to get on my level. When I start talking about the thing God loves, what am I supposed to do? Stand up here like... Why do I love the church? Because the church is not a political platform. I can say whatever I want right now, Pastor Jeff will clean it up later. (laughs) Jesus didn't come to establish a voting block. He came to define a people who would be separate, called out, consecrated filled with the Holy Spirit you know what the Holy Spirit produces love joy peace patience don't let your Facebook turn into a dumpster fire this year I'll help myself don't bring that on my page I have unbelievers watching my life, and they're not going to see disunity in you and I, because I'm connected to something bigger. This isn't about nation. This is about kingdom. This isn't about presidents. This is about king. And not just any king, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, the alpha and the omega, the one who has become the chief cornerstone. And upon that stone, Jesus will build his. I still love the church. Somebody give him praise for his church. I love it. I love it. I love it because it's not just a museum for pretty perfect people. If you find the perfect church, don't go. You will mess it up. This ain't about pretty perfect people. This is about people being refined. This is about the Holy Spirit transforming. This isn't about some ancient relics of what God used to do. He's doing greater things now than he's ever done before. Show me the Bible on that. Jesus said, greater things than these will ye do. That ye is you. This is the greatest moment in history for the church of Jesus Christ to rise up unapologetic and unashamed, carrying the cross, truth, justice, and love of Jesus. I still love the church. I still love the church because the church is not some empty ritualistic custom. It's not a box that you check on Sunday. Yeah, I got that in. This is the living, breathing, bride of Christ. I love nonprofits. I think they're wonderful partners for the church. But this is not your typical nonprofit, philanthropic organization. They're good and necessary and great. But there is only one organism, organization, that has been given the exclusive assignment to preach Christ and him crucified. And that is his church. The church is the imperfect amplifier of truth, justice, and the sovereignty of God. It is the love of Jesus on display. At its best, it is a symbol of grace, a conduit of mercy, the place where the lonely find family, the broken find healing, and the captive finds freedom. I still love the church. I still love the church because Jesus loves the church. We felt that in our lives that God had opened the door for us to plant a brand new life-giving church in Austin, Texas. Like Pastor Jeff said, God has breathed on my music career. It's been incredible to me. I'm so grateful, and I'm going to keep making music and putting out albums and all of that. But I came to a conclusion with my life. I don't want to spend it building my dream. I want to build God's dream. You know what he dreams about? This. And what happens when you leave here at Whataburger or in and out if you're a rebel. I still love the church because I still need the church. You don't mature out of needing this. You don't make enough money to disqualify you from needing this. This is the thing God uses to make us like Him. I need the church. I'm unashamed about it. Some people say, yeah, yeah, well, you use faith as a crutch. Ever been hurt? (laughs) Be looking for a crutch. Something to help you. Something to carry you. If church is a crutch, all right. I need that. But I also need it as a crucible. I need something melting me down. My preferences. My desires. My ideas. Submitted to a governing body. Who may hold opposing views to the way I interpret things to make me more like Christ? The only way you can become like Jesus is bumping up against people you don't like. He was beaten, he was bruised, he was betrayed, and that's our example. So why do we leave church? Ain't nobody going to help me. Why do we? Uh, that hurt. Did they just tell me I needed to lose weight? <laughs> that, that, that hurt. Did he just speak to that relationship that I know I'm not supposed to be in? That, that, that hurt. That I'm going to go find a, a different church. What if Jesus chose different about you? He endured that and now we must become like him. I still love the church because God uses the church to bring us into his presence. Hasn't this been beautiful tonight? Beautiful. Will God meet you at home? Absolutely. But there's something about two or three being gathered together and touching any one thing. God's presence is the promise of the gathered church. Oh, we need distributed church. We need people who carry the name of Jesus in every facet of society. I'm not saying go quit your job. And fill out an application here. Stay in that place of influence. But we need this thing to bring us into God's presence. Because sometimes when I walk into a room like this, I don't have the strength. I'm limping in. I'm not inspired to raise my hand. You ain't, I ain't raising my hands, Doc. But when I see someone else's faith in I know the hardship someone else is walking through and somehow through the tears, they mustered the strength to praise God when everything around them is not good. It inspires my faith. Well, maybe I could give him praise. Maybe I could worship him. Maybe. And who may be looking at you and your worship becomes the doorway through which others enter to experience the glory of God? What if your worship wasn't about you at all? What if it wasn't about how you feel or what song you like? I don't really like that song. Ooh, I like this one. <laughs> this, this, this my... <laughs> That's my jam. That's my jam. Oh, bathroom break. <laughs> But what if your worship was an access point for others to experience the divine, transformative power of God? I still love the church because the church was Jesus' priority. This is priority. Luke four sixteen says, and he came to Nazareth, speaking of Jesus, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom. So the first time we see Jesus, he's being left at church. How many of y'all have done that? You forgot? You forgot? Kid was in Sunday school? Where is Johnny? I just... And then we fast forward into his ministry. Now, this is where we see him proclaim his ministry. So he had made it a custom from his childhood to his adulthood to be in church, in synagogue. He went on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. Then I want you to look at the New Testament church. Acts 2:46, with one accord, they continued to meet daily in the temple courts and to break bread from house to house. See, we have a lot of people in modern Christianity trying to figure out, well, do I go to the big church or do I just do something at home? Do I just watch online, which praise God for online and praise God for small groups. I love all of those things. But if I look at the New Testament church, it's not either or. It's both. So, So Jesus went to church The New Testament believers went to church. Paul, who wrote our featured verse, started, planted, and pastored churches. A quarter of our Bible is God's instruction to churches. And yet the statistics show us, outside of Milestone, some grace for y'all. The average church member attends church once every six weeks. That's eight times per year. That means those of you with kids, you are putting your kids in a faith community eight times a year. Eight times. Now, you might be saying, hey, we just been here for three days, Doc. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm proud of y'all. You know what they call January 21st? Quitter's Day. Because all those resolutions and all those goals and all those ideas go in some New Year's graveyard to die. And so does our church attendance. Because we're fired up about what God's going to do in the new year. Can you... Still love the church in February, March, April, May, now I'm about to mess with y'all, June, summer vacation, (laughs) July, out on the boat. then we're going to rally all our kids back together real quick and tell them, no, 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 no. I know we've been running all over the world. I know we've been doing it. I know we've been at every soccer practice and every baseball game and every football game and all of that. And we've been driving our Honda Odysseys all over the world. We've been doing all this stuff. And it was just outside of this, like, no, 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 We're going to go back to church for back to school Sunday. And then they turn 18. You texting them, hey, why don't you sit? I'm saving you a seat. Oh, y'all went this week? And here's what I have a fear of. Here's what I have a fear of that we are raising a generation to criticize. Watch. Because if church is not our priority, it's not their priority. And so fast forward 10, 15, 20 years, all the Christian articles and all of the posts are going to be about how that generation just doesn't love God. And that generation just doesn't know the word. And that generation is so disconnected from the church. When did it happen? On our watch. Let it not be said of us. Let it not be said of our families. Let it not be said of our children. I'm not saying you don't put them in things that develop them in other areas. But the most important area you can develop your children is in the area of faith in Jesus. Faith needs friends. They won't make it on their own. Get them connected in kids. Get them connected in youth so that we can raise up a generation of Christ followers who don't have to be criticized by us. I still love the church. I still love the church because God uses the church to bring us into his purpose. I didn't realize that I had musical gifts in musical theater. I'm not a musical theater hater think it's awesome that's not my story I discovered that I had potential in church my, my teachers didn't see anything in me but a troublemaker and now everything that I got in trouble for in school I get paid to do <laughs> hey Mr. mm-mm The church connected me to my purpose. Because in church, everyone is a gift and everyone has a gift. And this should be the place where we excavate gifts, where we find it in people. This is a guitar string. It's used on a <clears throat> guitar. Hence <laughs> the name. I had to tell you it was a guitar string, though, because what it's connected to gives you context for why it was created. Could have just said a string, and then it would be like, well, that's weird. So this is a guitar string. Isn't it amazing how... <laughs> how free this guitar string is it's it's free it's free and I guess you could use it for some stuff I mean I've got four boys in an imagination so if Lorna and I could just lock ourselves in the pantry for ten minutes to eat a Snickers. <laughs> Be great. Just tie those boys up and I guess if you were a musician type you know my man and you were a, uh, you know looking at that little little shoddy, you know what I'm saying? Little girl, little babe <laughs> a wife, guys, a wife, a wife, <laughs> wife. It's a wife. I guess if you were balling on a budget, you could cut it down and be creative and make a little engagement ring just. If you're a girl who likes musicians, that's probably all you can hope for is <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, bro, she breaking up with you tonight. <laughs> I've been on this fast and I just feel like it's from the Lord. I just I just I'm going to focus on Jesus right now. I'm going to focus on him. (laughs) When in reality, he just needs a job. I guess you could use it for many things, but it's only been created for one purpose. And it does not have the ability to discover the potential resident in the thing that it was designed for until it gets connected to something bigger than itself. So many people think that if I get connected to something bigger than myself, it will limit me. When the reality is, when you get connected to something bigger than yourself, it liberates you. Not just to be free and do what you want to do and do your own thing. This is modern Christianity. Well, me and Jesus got a thing going on. Me and Jesus, I just, it's just me and him, man, we're just together. No, no, it can't just be you and Jesus. Adam had God, and he wasn't enough. So you got to get connected to something bigger. Now, this is a guitar, and the guitar has an anatomy. This is the headstock, this is the body. You have to connect the string to the headstock and connect it to the body so that it can operate in its design. Play me a little something, play me, play me just a little. Let me just. As sweet as Tennessee communion. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm just hungry. I'm just, I'm just hungry. I'm just hungry. Isn't it beautiful when you hear this thing operating in its design? My turn. I wrote a new song, it's called Jailbreak. That's all you're gonna get from something that could do this. Play. All that you're gonna get from being disconnected is a lack of purpose, a lack of fulfillment, And you'll never get to realize the potential resident inside of you unless you get connected to the head and you get connected to the body. You can't just be connected to the head. I love Jesus. He created something for you to be connected to. It's called the church. For Jesus has become the head and he has given the church as his body. This is how you access what God has created you for. Get connected. Get connected to the body. Get connected to the body. Let me tell you something. In order to get this string on this guitar, you have to cut it. You have to stretch it. The only way for sound to come from this guitar is if you put these strings in tension. That's why so many of us will go to church for three weeks and then think we're good because we don't like the tension. We don't like the rub. We don't like the friction. We don't like being pulled and we don't like being cut. But you'll never access the power of God in your life until you're willing to get in tension. And I would suggest to you tonight that when you're willing to be in tension, you will discover God's intention for your life. Here's the problem. I'm almost done. We're all hungry. Here's the problem. The problem Jesus me. In our culture, we value autonomy over attachment, because the highest value in our culture is individualism. I just want to win. And that means I'll do whatever it takes to win, to become, to be successful, to be the dude, to be the woman. problem with individualism is it causes you to cannibalize everyone else around you, to build a prison of loneliness, and then call it success. Success isn't enough if it costs you the body. What's the point in getting to the mountaintop if you up there by yourself? I want you to stay connected. Musicians come. Here's what I know about this room. Y'all go ahead and start playing something that sounds like the Holy Spirit. <laughs> this is it. We're, we're shutting it down with this y'all. I know that on this fast, showing up on Sundays, showing up for things like this. Some of y'all literally have to fight through hell to pull up at a place like this. Too many people in here for there to not be any church wounds. And some of you can be exhausted with church hurt, and some of you can... I'm not here to talk about that. But the reality is Imperfect people, whether intentionally or unintentionally, hurt people. And what I hope you don't lose is the promise of the people God has ordained for your life in your future because you can't get over the hurts of the people. From your past. When I was going through all that stuff with church, Lorna and I, and all of that racism, you know what I was doing? Showing up on Sunday. Bringing my Bible, sitting in the front row, and worshiping God. Because I know I have faults. I know I have shortcomings, and that's why Paul told us make room for each other's faults. He's telling you, expect it. But what I'm wanting God to do tonight is a deep healing. Because this isn't a thing that like milestone hurt me and I'm mad and I'm making a documentary. That, that's not what this is. This is one of the most amazing churches in the world. It's not perfect. Everything built by man has cracks in it. But I'm not even talking about this. I'm talking about the stuff you probably brought from your childhood from that Sunday school teacher that said some, from that pastor that didn't treat you right. And what I want is a liberation and a healing for church folks so that we can be aware and have the wholeness we need to love other broken people. That's my hope for tonight. So, Jesus, right now, we're calling on you because we need you. We want to be released into our purpose, but that can't happen until we release that person, that group, those people, those people that cause us to look at everybody else through this tainted lens feel like we can't trust anybody, can't depend on anybody, can't be real with anybody. Would you perform a deep healing in our hearts tonight, God? I pray that tonight we would release every negative word that's been spoken, every look of judgment we've received, Every time we felt away cuz somebody didn't call us talk to us We know that the enemy uses a small offense poisons the well and makes sweet waters bitter Give us that sweet water God Communion with you and connection with people, communion with you and connection with people, making room for each other's.